this is Hillary Crowley and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. We are back and we're talking about a really fun topic called forgiveness. And if you think it's fun, yes, I'm sort of joking. It's a really hard topic, but it's a wonderful topic too. And I I thought I would um, uh, have some um, background just on how I titled this. It's called Three Unexpected Ways Forgiveness Happens. And how many of us out there actually think forgiveness just happens, just spontaneously happens? Uh, we'd say, no, 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 it's trial, it's meditation, it's reflection, it's time. Um, I've actually found that um, forgiveness does just happen. It's very na- natural in our nature to forgive. It's a sign of health that we forgive easily and that forgiveness happens. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I thought about water. Um Oh, there was a construction worker in our house the other day. This is an old house and he was in the basement and uh, he was explaining to us that water always wins. I was like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. He said, no, water always wins. Your paint that's not sticking to the side of the house is because there's moisture. Uh, the basement, if it feels a little moist, it's because the water has run in. Wherever you go, water always wins. So water is one of our great teachers in nature. Um, and it's part of our human bodies. It's part of earth. It is earth. It is our body. So I was thinking about water this morning and how it might relate to forgiveness. And I thought water is extremely forgiving because a healthy water cycle can be polluted and it will self-cleanse, it will self-repair. And I thought, well, maybe that's why we can have a little bit more fun with the topic of forgiveness today. Um, And I decided to name the show Three Unexpected Ways Forgiveness Happens, kind of like, you know, stuff happens, forgiveness happens. That was the light joke on uh, what can be a heavy topic if you have not forgiven. So at any given day, I have things that um, just sweep away with forgiveness, things that I have to reflect on for forgiveness, and then things that I (laughs) still haven't forgiven. I write in my book, um, which hasn't come out yet. I will make sure that my podcast audience is the first to know as soon as I get the book deal. Um, it's been in New York city for about a month at a publishing house under review. Um, and I'm not yet, um, going to self publish, but I will, if I have to, so that book will happen. Um, but anyway, there's a chapter about forgiveness and how I was having healing work done on me, um, by Amanda Deshong, great energy worker. I want to get her in for an interview. Um, And she was working on me and I asked her to help me move some forgiveness with a next door neighbor. Um, My next door neighbor had moved on to the property and before he even broke ground, he needed to let me know that a apple tree was stretching onto his property. And he walked over with his general contractor who coincidentally, but this probably is related to um, forgiveness because it felt like a betrayal, was the same gentleman that had built the house that we lived in. And it was a coincidence because it wasn't a development or anything. It was just he happened to hire the same gentleman who we bought our house from who made, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars off of us. And the two of them stood there and said, your apple tree needs to come down. And I said, "Mm, does it need to come down? They said, yeah, because we're doing the lot line right now. I said, "Are, are you building on where the apple tree is? They said, no. I said, are you putting a fence where the apple tree is? They said, no. They just said, we're looking for symmetry. We're looking for symmetry in our plan. I said, okay, well, here's the thing. The apple tree doesn't need to come down because this this apple tree is 
10 years old, over 10 years old. Um, we had gotten it from a dear farmer who we loved who ran an orchard who passed away. And this was like his spirit was in the tree and the apples were amazing, so delicious, so healthy, organic. And I said, and I make applesauce and apple pies for all my neighbors. So welcome new neighbor. You're going to get an apple pie. Let's not cut down the tree. He said, sorry, I need to cut down the tree. And um, I said, no, 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 let me just think about it. And because it's an apple tree and the chainsaw was nearby, um, I said, you know what? This just needs a little time. This needs a little time. He's going to come to his senses. I made myself clear. And I walked away. And before I had even gotten back to the door of my house, the tree was down. They turned it on and they cut it down. So I hope I painted a good picture of you to infuriate you with me. I was heartbroken. I was sad. I was betrayed. Um, and I had levels. Um, this is a neighbor, not a stranger. This person's going to be, you know, abutting my property and being part of my my life, my daily life. Um, the gentleman who could have been a negotiator wasn't. Um, I questioned, you know, all sorts of spiraling um, cynicism about the goodness of the people involved. And so now the apple tree um, became a massive symbol for me. However, I do my work. So I went to an energy worker and said, can you help me with forgiveness? And, um, she did. And it was this beautiful sensation of a lightness, um, an awareness and the moving of, um, stuck energy and also understanding. And she said this with her words that, um, there's a uh, you know a deeper consciousness that perhaps the trees understand through their root system and through the cycle of nature and the way things keep coming up. In a way, it would be similar to what I talked about the water cycle about self healing. So I try I'm trying to sort of pass on a little bit of my struggle here, um, but also connect it with a bigger nature because I think one of the biggest things about um, forgiveness is that we feel like we're surrendering control. And nature is a beautiful reminder that we're not really that much in control to begin with. So um, welcome, welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. We're going to be talking about three unexpected ways that forgiveness happens. Uh, I think around the time of my seeking and resolve for my neighbor and the apple tree, because I tend to get pretty curious um, when I get stuck in an energy. Um, I I um, <laughs> I was um, teaching a, a class, uh, a series of classes uh, ca called um, "Joy as Good Medicine, Energy as Good Medicine, and Forgiveness as Good Medicine." And the third one was "Forgiveness as Good Medicine." Um, resulted in a phone call from my administrator at the office, and I was driving, I was driving down the road, and I had, I, I'd said I was multitasking. Besides the fact that I was driving, which is a task in itself, done correctly, um, I was on the way to New York, and I was preparing for a different class, so I didn't have the class of forgiveness on my mind, um, but. She said, we need a catchier. We need something catchier. It's kind of like, it's not algorithming that well. Let's do something other than good energy of forgiveness. I said, okay, okay, okay. What can we do? And uh, she said, I'm here. You just take your time. <laughs> but I had like one take to um, figure out what we were going to say. And I said, um, I got it. 
here's the deal. Let's just call it forgive, forget, and get healthy. Like forgive and forget and get healthy. Forgive and forget and get healthy. That sounds great. Let's do that. She said, that sounds great. That's super catchy. Uh, it's a done deal. Um, do you mind if I post it this afternoon? I said, sure, no problem. So on the ride home from New York, I had time to th think about um, forgive, forget, and get healthy. And I immediately started saying, I don't know anything about forgetting. I know a lot about forgiving in my research and in my efforts and being human and being part of family. And um, But I don't know anything about uh forgetting. So I, I was thinking, what was I thinking, uh, naming, a naming a class like that when I'm not really ready to put it into my syllabus, um, forgetting. And I noticed that I was feeling a little trapped because we'd already put it into the name. And, and then I just said, I need to not think about this for a little while. I was like, is it a good idea to not think about this? This is how I think when I'm driving alone. Anyone who knows me can imagine that this is a true story. So I'm by myself driving alone in the silence, thinking about the show and the wrong title. And um, and then I said, you know, I'm just going to kick back and listen to the radio. Not a playlist, but the radio. And this is where I'm going to slide into a little bit of magic here. I do think that we have lots of different ways that um, – information flows to us. And in the, in the uprising of playlists, we kind of control what information comes to us, but the radio is a good old fashioned way to just like literally tune into a uh, frequency and see what frequency hits you. Like we go up and down the scale. Do I want classical music? Do I want talk radio? Do I want sports radio? Do I want news? Um, and I'd recently, um, just been, uh, I'd recently just adopted a child, big deal. And, uh, and so I went from having an only child to having two children. And so I had a lot of sibling issues going on. So as I was scrolling through the, uh, dial, there was a, um, interview going on about si sibling rivalry. And I was like, this is fantastic. Okay. Change of subject, change my mind. Let me kick back. And it was all about, um, a girl, uh, sound like a young girl, a teenager was being interviewed about how to be a big sister and how she does so well getting along with her brother. And, um, it was a very lighthearted interview, lots of laughter. And it was sort of the, the perfect elixir for where my brain was going. Um, you know, thinking about business and work and teaching and, forgiving and forgetting. So I was like, oh, this is so fascinating. So I tuned into, um, and I listened for at least a good three or four minutes, which you know in radio time is a phenomenal amount of time. Thank you all out there for listening to me for three three or more minutes. Um, but I was listening and um, the, uh, suddenly it was the BBC doing an interview and suddenly the reporter, he said, well, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing so well in your life. And I uh, was talking to this teenage teenage girl um, with an, it sounded like an English accent. and um, and she's, he said, but we need to switch to a much more serious topic. To which point I said, what am I listening to here? And I said, cause this is a very good topic, a topic of how siblings get along and, um, point the point of view from an older sibling to a younger sibling. And he said, but this, you know, as you know, this isn't the topic of our, of the interview, as you can imagine, she goes, yes, yes, yes. I know. I know. I said, oh, now I'm completely leaned forward into my steering wheel what is happening to this interview? What am I listening to? And he said, um, 
I'd like to be able to talk to you more about uh, your mission and your uh, being awarded uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. I was listening to uh, Malala talking about Yosefzai, uh, um, um, who is the Pakistani activist for girls and education and who had been um, shot by the Taliban on her school bus targeted for being an activist, a leader in that, in that respect. And, um, the girl who I thought was a big sister talking about sibling rivalry on BBC was actually Malala herself. And that's how I was first introduced to her voice. I was already introduced to her story, but that's how I was introduced to her voice. And it was the first time I heard her voice. And I think it was a perfect way to hear her voice. It playful, joyful, and for that matter, talking about how we get together and get along in, um, in our families. And, uh, the reporter, um, said, you're so young and you're so wise, but you seem very young today. She says, cause I am young. And, uh, and he said, and yet you're so wise. And she says, cause I am wise. And he said, how did the attacks that happened on you affect your life? And she said, well, obviously they affected me physically. I'm still recovering from that. And um, my family is wonderful and I'm doing my best work. And um, thank you very much. This very lighthearted interview remained. And then he said, well, I'm going to have to ask you a different way. And I do apologize, but I'm sure a lot of my listeners are wondering, um, you seem so lighthearted. It doesn't seem to fit the um, tragedies and the attacks and the violence that you've endured. How have you forgiven? How have you moved on? And she said, well, she said, the thing about forgiveness is that you have to have held on to an anger or a, um, an injury. And she said, I have my injury, of course, but I have nothing else to hold on to because I don't remember the attack and I've chosen not to find it in my heart to um, be angry at my attackers because I don't remember that day anyway. I have completely forgotten that day. I remember it through my parents. I remember at the hospital, they told me what happened to me, but I never took it upon myself. I think she said, I never, I don't think she said internalized, but I think that's what she was, she was trying to say. I never took it upon myself and made it my story. And in fact, in forgetting the story, my body naturally forgot it in the shock. I only remembered stepping on that school bus and waking up in the hospital. I have no memory of the event. I've completely forgotten the event. And therefore, forgiveness is a non-issue. Back in the car, I'm pretty sure I pulled the car off the road because that was me saying, let's change the subject. Let's um, not think about forgiving and forgetting. Let's see what's on the radio. And within probably 45 seconds, I was brought to that station. And within five minutes, I was brought to an answer that I didn't even know I'd fully formed. And this is the Good Energy Healing Show. And I haven't talked too much about the flow 
of energy in the synchronicities. But not only is this a great uh, story to tell about forgiveness, it's a great story to tell about how when we're working with healthy energy and we are paying attention to our instincts, checking in our, in our emotions, which is exactly what I did at that moment. I said, I am too stressed out right now. I'm too, I'm feeling too, too much, uh, sort of self self-loathing on naming my show the wrong way to, to focus anymore on, uh, forgiving and forgetting my emotions aren't, aren't clear. So I'm going to just actually, um, switch the subject and give myself time to self-heal so I can get back to thinking about renaming the show another time. And I took that healthy nudge and I, focused on the road. And I took advantage of the beautiful uh, choices you have on the radio ride home um, from, from New York City back up to New England. And I um, and then I paid attention to the synchronicities. And I said, ah, oh, I'm kind of being drawn to this voice and to this story and this sibling and the synchronicities of me having an interest in uh, sibling rivalry. And then I was drawn to a voice I'd never heard before. And the next thing I know, I had the great teacher Malala teaching me. And how about that? So um, did I bring that to my forgive and forget class? You betcha. Because Malala told me, do not ever, ever underestimate the power of forgetting. Forgiveness happens in our body. We self-heal oftentimes because our memory does not need and it doesn't serve us to hold on to the original uh, offense, the original wound, the original tragedy in the original, um, event that caused the, the wound. So, um, I'm giving you this about the way it was served up to me. And I want that just to process. And maybe you have other stories like this where, um, I've had people walk up to me and ask for, um, forgiveness. Uh, it was a family member. It was an Easter day and she, we were now both adults, but she, probably about 15 years older than I was. And we were hanging out, having a really good time working in the kitchen. She said, you know, I need to um, apologize to you. And I said, you do? Why? And she said, you, um, I, I wasn't always really nice to you when you were a little kid. I said, I only have like great memories of you. <laughs> I said, I, I remember us doing this together and that together and um, going on a bike ride together and working on a costume together. And she said, well, it's important for me to tell you I'm really sorry because I didn't always have the best intentions. And I said, I didn't pick up on them, but I guess I totally forgive you even though I don't know that I ever held anything in my heart to forgive you for. That was easy, but it was also entirely entwined in forgetting because she probably did have little jabs here and there, but I didn't, I didn't hold on to them. On the other side, I still think I'm struggling with my neighbor. I've since moved um, 20 miles away. Um, I ha I don't ever plan to see him again in my life, and I still have trouble forgiving him for the apple tree. So I'm being I'm only human uh, as well. Um, but the three unexpected ways that forgiveness happens um, is um, is worth is worth looking at, and that so that leads to from forgetting, which is certainly an unexpected way for me. It was totally unexpected to get the message from Malala, um, but then I understood about shock and how the body um, doesn't all always um, hold on to our memory banks. The most difficult moments. Um, the story I just told you um, about. Um, family being together and just getting a light forgiveness. Cause in childhood, I 
it didn't register with me. So my brain didn't process anything to hold on to. But then I want to, um, I want to move on to a really nice, um, however counterintuitive piece about forgiveness as well. We all know forgiveness is important. It's been taught over and over again that forgiveness is important. But um, I've also heard a great saying, and I wish I could attribute it to the correct person. I've heard it from so many different psychotherapists in my day because I work with psychotherapists and it's a truism that they use, that forgiveness is such an important step, but it's an important final step. It is not the most important first step. So jumping to forgiveness when you're not ready to process why everything got packed into your heart and is being held up, um, if you aren't in that place of forgive and forget, um, and you are in a place where what is this situation teaching me? Um, it's important not to just uh, brush it off and uh, release the emotion of whatever you're, whatever you're holding. Um, I think more authentically, it's worth saying that forgiveness is um, the last step because it comes naturally. Forgiveness actually happens. It's not something you can force. So when we look at forgiving and forgetting, um, when we look at forgiving and forgetting, we can't necessarily um, say that's going to happen if we're in a place where, um, if we're in a place where you can't totally um, figure out what you're upset about in the first place. Uh, I don't know what I was so upset about with the apple tree besides the obvious. It, it should have probably, um, it should have probably been okay, but, um, there are other apple trees. I forgot to add that to my story for you. There are other apple trees and they still stand today and still reap, reap fruit for the people who live on that property now. So, um, yeah, still some work to do there, but, um, I'm getting better and, um, I'm realizing that it's unpacking a, a powerlessness I felt. Um, some of it is big stuff. Like uh, I, in that one neighbor, I'm holding him responsible for people who do harm to nature in the name of symmetry and lot lines and um, taking down uh, beauty in order to replace with construction. So, I mean, that's a metaphor for what's going on on the earth and our humanity. And I mentioned it before, like I have to do battle with my own cynicism, which is believing he wanted to do harm, which I honestly don't think he wanted to do harm. It just, he wanted to go, do good for himself. And he did create a beautiful house and a beautiful wall where the, where the tree was, um, beautiful stone wall and everyone else will drive by forgetting that, um, apple tree long forgetting. Um, but I still hold on to that memory and uh, I'm aware that if I don't release it, it's going to actually reverberate into my, my cellular memory and definitely will not help my immune system and it won't um, cause healing. So um, as I quietly move through these examples of forgiveness, it's also one of the ways that forgiveness happens is it doesn't have to happen out loud. I think from our early years, um, we're told that we're supposed to uh, walk into a room and say we're sorry. 
But anyone who's been a recipient of that kind of sorry knows that sometimes that's forced and sometimes that's forced in a way that, um, you know, we remember from the young, young age where nothing's been worked out between me and my classmate in kindergarten. You know, she's still going to steal that red crayon <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but she's saying sorry today because she has to say sorry and show some humanity. And actually, I think that um, going through the motions of saying you're sorry is not a bad uh, uh, preschool or kindergarten event. It's it's not a bad early development skill to to get. It's an excellent one to get, by the way. But um, recently, I was I was parenting my teenager and. Um, an event happened and I thought about a acting exercise that I once participated in. And it was ways to say you're sorry without using the word sorry. So many uh, times uh, words can be, even love can be misused. Um, and sorry, I think has been seriously overused because the word gets delivered without the sentiment or the readiness. Um, so I said, if you can, can you try to put together a letter? And it was a beautiful letter of your apology without using the word so sorry. And, um, and he did that and it, and it was, it was really nice so that he talked about his actions and he talked about my reaction and what he noticed in me and what he noticed in himself. And it definitely, uh, moved the conversation closer to my understanding, which is a different kind of forgiveness is understanding as a, in a parent son relationship. Uh, but there's also on an energy level, ways to practice forgiveness. Uh, Carolyn Mace, I talk about her, M-Y-S-S, in her book, The Anatomy of the Spirit, um, the one that, um, the, in the original publication, I can't find it in the new publication, but it just might be that I'm looking at, looking at it the wrong way on my Kindle. Because the original book, whenever I have one of her books, in, uh, Anatomy of the Spirit, Spirit books in my hand, which I own, I usually only have it in my possession for like a little under a month because somebody comes into my life and I hand them that book. So I buy it and I hand it off. I buy it and I hand it off. In preparing for this um, podcast, I was looking for the book again. I said, I do not have this book. I have handed it off to somebody else. I've probably gone through 12 books uh, so far and I don't have it in my possession. So I bought the Kindle and I was scrolling through the back. I'm like, where is that part? Where is that part? So in the back of one of her editions of Anatomy of the Spirit, she talks about an exercise, a meditation for forgiveness. And this is where we don't do it out loud. And every night I had a, I'd had a um, altercation with an in-law years and years and years ago. And um, it is so far cleared up. It's deep in the forgetting, <laughs> in the forgetting realm. Um, I have nothing but warm feelings for this person now, but I, uh, went to bed thinking, ruminating about this person and how I was going to make it right or how I was more importantly going to be right and make myself clear and stand up for myself and all reasonable things to think about at night, except that it wasn't really serving my health or my, um, sleep or, um, my priorities of other things I should be thinking about. So I, uh, I did this practice and it was for, I believe now I'm remembering it was for the heart chakra. See, if you just uh, hang in there long enough and you do a meditation a hundred times, all you have to do is go back to that moment of meditation. Yes, it was the heart chakra. And she said, if you're holding anything in your heart, an unforgiving in your heart, 
imagine the person that you're having difficulty forgiving and imagine putting rose petals at their feet. And, um, so I actually went through the motions and the motions were not a lovely drizzling, you know, fairy dust rose petal at her feet. I would imagine that I'd take a, uh, I would take a fistful of rose petals and just throw them at her feet, just throw them down. And that was how I spent the first month of meditating at night. Every time I thought about her, I'd throw the rose petals at her feet. And then a month went on and I would just kind of do it thoughtlessly. So in a neutral way. And then I looked forward to that meditation and I said, oh, here I am ruminating again. Oh, I'm not really ruminating. I'm being called to meditate. And then I would, you know, really bless those petals. And about a year and a half, and I'm not exaggerating, a year and a half later was the next time I even saw her. I, uh, I looked at her and she gave me a big smile and I gave her a big smile back. And it was genuine and it was authentic because I had put so much energy into sending her like this good rose petal heart clearing that she helped clear, clear my heart deeper than any wrongdoing I may have, you know, thought she had done to me. I was so, um, and even now a decade more than it, much more than a decade later, I'm talking about it. So I was able to silently move that forgiveness along. We never had to say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you, or what was the root of the misunderstanding. And there's definitely a place for that. But in this, in this place, um, with both of us having full lives and not even seeing each other even once a year, we were able to release that and renew that through time, through meditation, and through understanding. Um, I've also um, thought about, uh, so I love the rose petal meditation in the back of Carolyn Mace's book. I also love uh, the idea of just sending light because sometimes uh, if you want to pray for forgiveness, um, that can be, that can get convoluted if there's a tangle up of words and emotions, but you can just say, you know what? Uh, this person makes me feel threatened and has given me every reason to that I'm under like personal attack or even physical attack in some cases in my story. Um, and I, uh, I was told by another one of my energy, um, you know, supporters, my energy healers, um, to pour blue light, like a waterfall, pour blue light over somebody who you feel wants to do your harm. And for that reason, you can't forgive because, you need to stay vigilant um, of, of somebody who may be trying to do you harm, but you can take one action and that is to pour blue light. And it takes only an energy energy worker like myself who says, it, it were, actually that works because it's, it's a form of thought and we are pouring thoughts towards unforgiveness all the time. At least the blue is this neutral thought. It's just a neutral thought that neutralizes the energy. If you've ever had a stalker, um, they'll, they'll tell you, the police will tell you that the only thing you can do to stop a stalker, especially an elusive one, and I'm talking to the teenagers or the younger folks right now who can have like cyber stalkers. I don't think there's enough being done uh, to talk about this. The best and only thing you can do is to not respond and to neutralize that energy through your device. If you're being stalked through through email, text messages, Snapchat, all that good stuff, the best you can do is to neutralize no response. Um, and I want to add one more device to that, and that would be our heart, <laughs> um, that we try to neutralize our response. And so the trick, 
which I think is uh, probably will be able to understand this or my, my psychotherapy friends will be able to explain this to me today, um, is that we're, we're, we're transforming something that would be very charged into neutralizing it. And something about the blue light and imagining blue light over somebody is a beautiful nonverbal way to activate how forgiveness happens. And it did absolutely work. So, um, so those are the three main ways, uh, forgiving and forgetting. Thank you, Malala. Um, understanding that, um, you have to honor your emotions. Um, so don't rush to forgive with an, I'm sorry, like you're in preschool or kindergarten. That's unnecessary. You're allowed to find out what lesson you're learning from this, what it has taught you, and then the forgiveness will happen naturally. And the third is that you don't need to say it necessarily out loud. You can do it through meditation and you can do it through the blue light suggestion, the really tactical suggestion I'm giving you because it's something I've experienced myself. Um, it's so important to remember too that this all works out very poetically too, because once you have forgiven, there's no power relationship between the person who did you harm anymore. They're no longer tapping your power. They're no longer tapping your minutes or seconds of your day and you're free. And that level of freedom that comes with forgiveness um, in a, in a, in a beautiful kindness that you're showing yourself and showing the world, um, leads to better health and better health is, um, really the way of getting the last laugh over everything. Um, because you know, we're, we're not always going to be cured from everything, but we can be healed and, um, we can certainly learn from every single experience that we have. Uh, two of the, um, greatest, uh, vehicles for healing. I believe I read this, I read this in the front of one of the many books I have on my shelf. I want to credit it to either Marianne Williamson or, um, Carolyn Mace, maybe Christian Northrup quoted it. Um, you, you get, you're getting a sense of what my bookshelf looks like. Um, but it was the key to miracles are forgiveness and gratitude. If you want for, if you want miraculous healing, focus on forgiveness and gratitude. Those are the two keys that hold the energy of disease and, um, and will release the energy of disease and will restore ease in your life. So, um, that's my piece about forgiveness. And I hope that you, are able to reflect on it. It took a little longer than I expected, but um, three unaccepted ways forgiveness happens. And I'll leave you with this final note as a mother. Um, I have times when I am so betrayed. <laughs> I'm so betrayed. I am so sure that this will be the thing that's just going to change me and change my heart forever. Um, but I do think that we are like the water cycle and we naturally naturally self-heal if we allow it to do um, its work. And um, don't ever think that by being non-forgiving, it makes you any smarter or tougher because it does not. Nothing is is, is smarter or tougher than um, being in the natural cycle of, of strength and repair and renewal. And that is the nature of um, forgiveness. So um, 
Enjoy watching forgiveness happen in your life. And thank you so much for tuning into the Good Energy Healing Show. This is Hillary Crowley. And if you enjoyed my show, please hit like or subscribe. And I will catch you the next time. And remember, um, there's just so many unexpected ways that forgiveness happens. Allow it to flow like the water cycle. It is on your side.